I'm fancy now. You're fancy. You're fancy. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes, listeners, it's true. I have been selected for the job that I have been waiting so long to hear about. I am the champion. I am about to make a really reasonable amount of money enough to be like well supported and that's going to be a really novel experience in my life i'm really excited about it my boy is out at this very moment getting our celebratory meal what are you going to eat what's the plan uh there's a really good japanese restaurant right next door to us so i will be having duck noodle ramen I was going to guess sushi. I know. I thought about sushi. And this place has other locations that have sushi. But for some reason, the one by our house just has like other Japanese food. A part of me did want sushi. But then I was thinking about how if I get other food, maybe I can have leftovers and my celebration meal can last that much longer. And that was really appealing to me. No, that's a good strategy. So what's your title? What's your title? My title will be, God willing, because we're still waiting on my offer to get fully approved, will be Digital Platforms Administrator. Oh. hmm Wow. So many words. I know. Wow. I know. Oh, my yes, God. Yes, it is a, a big leap forward for me in my ability to be sustained, and I am just really freaking happy about it oh wow welcome to the professional managerial class baby (sighs) you made it never super aspired to make it here but i'm here and welcome to a whole new set of torture problems problems that Mm -hmm. you know thank you let's just focus on celebrating okay right 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 it's too soon to think about all of the potential bittersweet parts no but this is a big deal this is like a job that you get with a college degree generally and you do not Mm -hmm. have a college degree so you you have uh pulled yourself up by your tzitzi well i was able to get it through a friend's recommendation so it's really had a lot of assistance in pulling myself up well that's how everyone gets anything you know yeah But yes, God willing, when slash if I need to in the future, I'll be able to get other jobs that require degrees because I will have this one as like proof of concept of me as good at job. Yeah. What's nice is now that you'll have the job, if you apply to another job, they'll look at like the part that says your college education and they'll just see that like majored in musical theater and they won't even notice they didn't graduate and they'll just be like oh i see <laughs> oh i never even put any college on my resume i just put nothing i put like certifications and other stuff like that i don't even address it oh, oh okay I, I feel like hr and hiring managers love those little tiny like sprinkles of soul that you know mm-hmm. that you give them yeah i have enough soul as it is yeah sure mackerel Oh, yes. How are you? Um, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm, I'm in the cabin, you can see. I'm yeah. in the cabin on the property. It's looking very cute in there. It's very, very what? Looking very cute oh, in yeah. there. It's very, very piney. Um, Looks huge. Grunge Girl has some sort of mysterious flu-like symptoms. Oh, no. So she's got COVID to the 19. Thoughts and prayers for Grunge Girl. She sends her congratulations to you. Oh, That's very sweet. I did what you're supposed to do when your girlfriend is sick, which is bring her Wendy's. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just every day you should do that. She's just kind of this bleary, raccoon-eyed look and just said, 
bring me Wendy's Gatorade and Ricola. And so I went and did that. And now I'm hiding in the cabin uh, recording a podcast with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. About <sighs> Russian Doll Episode 2. Yes. Season 1, Episode 2. Did you watch it? I've, I watched it. I watched it. Okay. Well, before we do a summary, just what do you think? Well, I thought it was funny. It was very yeah. funny. That's funny. I didn't think it was very funny, but I thought it was good. I didn't think it was that good, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> wow. Two halves of a whole. I thought it was a rehash of the first episode. It was a lot of like repeat deaths happening, a lot mm-hmm. of um, funny dark humor jokes. As it has recently been pointed out to me, as we always do on this show, we start out with a Michael opinion and then I slowly convince you to come over to my side every episode. Who tells you that? <laughs> a friend who I recently visited. Oh, that's interesting. Friend, fan of the show. I, yeah, it almost had, it had nothing Jewish going on. It, I felt it really was mostly a rehash and an established... What? What'd you say? We'll see about that. There wasn't anything Jewish in this episode. I'm going to stand by that. So I'm curious where you're going to go with this because I yeah. tried. Well, okay. So here's what happens in episode two. Our titular character, Nadia, wakes up very hungover and confused And she decides the tactic she's going to take to try to figure out what is happening to her is to figure out what's up with that joint, that Israeli joint, which was a big part of our first episode, which let me just say already, that's one Jewish thing already. First premise of the episode. It's not a new Jewish thing. But it is a Jewish thing. So she wants to go find out what's up with this joint. But first, she has to go to a code review at her shitty tech job, which was very funny. Everyone believes that she's made a mistake in her code, but it was actually some dude who messed it up, which seems to be a very relatable experience to every woman I know who works in tech. So she has this shitty code review experience. Uh And then she... Goes to figure out what's up with this joint. She dies one time on the way to doing that. Basically, she finds a guy who's the drug dealer who made the joints. And it turns out that it wasn't cocaine in them. It was actually ketamine in them. And then she's like, in a way, sort of relieved because she's like, oh, it's ketamine. I've never done ketamine. So I must just be having some crazy reaction Mm -hmm. to the ketamine. So she goes back to her house and is talking to her friend Maxine who's the person who made the birthday chicken and Maxine is like you have done ketamine (laughs) you've definitely done ketamine before and she freaks out and she gets into a really big fight with Maxine she's really upset about being perceived as crazy and at the end of their fight Maxine is like well you are being crazy and that really sets Nadia off, which is a theme we'll return to. Then she dies a couple more times trying to get out of the party. Eventually, she makes her way over to Ruth, who's sort of like her surrogate mother, friend of her birth mother, who is a therapist. And she's like, Ruth, stuff is bad. Like, here's the secret phrase you told me to tell you when stuff is bad. And Ruth is like, okay, we're going to take you to a mental hospital. She's on her way to the mental hospital in an ambulance and the guys are being really shitty in the ambulance and she gets into a fight with the guys in the ambulance and it crashes. End of episode. Yep, 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 yep. That's a good summary. Thank you. Them's the facts. So here is what I think are some of the main themes of this episode and some of the stuff that was interesting to me in watching it. A big theme was a theme of anger 
Nadia spends a lot of this episode blowing up at everyone around her. She's yelling at War Dog, who's the drug dealer. She's yelling at her ex, John. She's yelling at her friend, Maxine. A lot of just like different expressions of Nadia's anger and different sort of like, I'm reaching out for help, but instead of reaching out for help, I'm slapping you in the face. There was one tender moment, I feel like, between her and, and her friend, not Maxine, Maxine's girlfriend, the one with the short hair. Yes. The blondie with I the short hair. I forget that person's name. Um, Lizzie. Yeah, Lizzie. Lizzie seemed really nice and helpful. Yes, that's what felt to me like a big part of this episode was sort of like going to the right person mm-hmm. with your problem was a big theme in this episode because Maxine was not able to help at all. Lizzie was like sort of able to help, but like Lizzie was a very comforting presence. And then Ruth was like, okay, let's fucking solve this problem. Mm. You know, Ruth was really like the ultimate hammer in the whole situation. It was interesting how she would get into arguments with Maxine. And then after every argument, she would die and come back and have the argument again with Maxine. There was a lot of Mm -hmm. death follows really explosive not constructive interaction yes yes same with the fight with her ex john right 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 in the prior episode Mm -hmm. and i guess also the fight in the ambulance which is sort of introducing the necklace which will be a big theme throughout the show uh which i will not spoil for you it's meaning but oh yeah also i forgot to mention at the end of the episode she's like fuck it i'm just gonna party Like, fuck all this. I'll just be at this birthday party for the rest of eternity, and it'll be fine. But then we see in the final shot a vase of flowers that's wilting that was fresh in the first episode. Yes. So something is happening underneath the surface. Also, it's interesting. Nadia is, like, going through the stages of grief, but, like, not in order. You know, really, like, alternating between denial and anger at this point. Yeah, yeah keep going (laughs) i don't have too much more to say about like that specific little doodly boo yeah so i felt like anger was a really big theme in this episode going to the right friend for help i can't remember if this has been discussed explicitly or not in the show oh no it has we've learned through exposition and subtext in the show that nadia's mother was severely mentally ill and so We have that same theme of, like, fear of becoming her mother is a really potent thing here. And that's why she's so afraid to be both so angry and so afraid to be called crazy is because she both is, I feel like, defensive of her mother's memory and also doesn't want to become the same. Yeah, she's got a complicated relationship with her mother. That's relatable. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really appreciate until just now that like, you know, it would be wild for any of us to be experiencing our death loop situation. Mm-hmm. But for Nadia, it's also like a realization of her greatest fear, which is experiencing psychosis and like oh. becoming her mother. So it's there's like a whole other layer that's probably not there for the rest of us. And also, I don't know if you and I already talked about this, but I have learned recently that Natasha Leone, the actress who plays Nadia, struggled with drug addiction issues and been homeless in the past. And so it's also possible that part of this story is about sort of the miracle of her own survival. 
to the present. Yeah, yeah. There is a kind of a montage scene mostly centered on her face that is really oh, almost yeah. like a, an attempt to audiovisually display what it's like to escape your problems with drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems like something that someone who has experienced that problem in real life made. Right. That's a good observation. I've been trying to think about like what is it that makes this show feel so personal to Natasha Leone. You know, I think one thing is just like I can't imagine any other actress in this role, you know? It feels like a Natasha Leone vehicle in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting that it manages to convey to me at least that like there's a lot of personal stuff in the show. Maybe it's just because the plot feels like it has a lot of nuance and depth in all of the various relationships and that feels somehow like it probably comes out of real life. You thought it was funny but not good. No, no, I don't know. I was just being silly. It was it was fine. It was good. Mm-hmm. It was good. Look, I'm being convinced. I'm I'm being reminded <laughs> that it's good. It was good. Yeah. Here's the thing. It was good. But mm-hmm. it wasn't good at providing Jewish content for this pod. So in the <laughs> mission that I had for the episode, which is mine, mm-hmm. which I'm now putting on to the episode creators, which is unfair, right. it was not good. But on its own terms, it was good. Right. Well, let's get into some text that I brought. So I started off with going on this theme of anger. And I think this text will remind you of a different but similar text we've discussed before. This is from Pirkei Avot, chapter 5. Arba midot bedreot. Noach lichos venoach lichzot. Yatsa shecharo bohefsedo. Kasha lichos vukasha lichzot. Yatsa hefsedo bishkaro. Kasha lichos venoach lichzot chasid. Noach lichos vukasha lichzot rasha. So there are four kinds of temperaments, literally like virtues of mind. There is easy to become angry and easy to be appeased. This person's gain disappears with his loss. Hard to become angry and hard to become appeased. This person's loss disappears with his gain. Hard to become angry and easy to be appeased. That's a pious person, a chassid. Easy to become angry and hard to be appeased, a wicked person. Or a Russian. <laughs> right, or a Russian. Or a Slav, you know, really. Yes, this immediately reminded me of another one we talked about, which I think was our DSA Shabbat episode, where we talked about the four kinds of approach to personal possessions of like, what's mine is mine, yep, what's yep, yours is yep. mine, all those different permutations. So I was looking at this, and I actually think that Nadia, the main character of the show, falls into sort of the second category, hard to become angry and hard to be appeased. Of course, it like sort of seems she has a very confrontational personality, but for the entire first episode and up till now, she's basically just been grouchy, but she's been rolling with the punches, like given everything that's going on in her life. Okay, so you think she's category two. I feel like category three and category four, those are maybe easier to understand poetically but category right. one and two tell me about the differences between those what what your take right. is on, okay on so meanings. easy to become angry and easy to be appeased yep. a wishy-washy person basically yep, 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 yep. a puppy i don't quite understand these statements his gain disappears with his loss i'm not i haven't like quite figured out what the mishnah is saying there when i first heard you say that 
I was like, okay, they're flopping in the wind. Right. But then in the same way, I would expect category two, someone who's hard to appease and hard to anger, is also maybe not as floppy, but still flop. The volatility of the flop is a lot lower. But somehow, well, they're the, the opposite of a flop. It's hard to get them angry. Yeah. But once they're angry, it's hard to get them unangry. So what does the Mishnah say? It says, and for that person, it says his loss disappears with his gain. His loss disappears with his gain. Does his gain disappear with his loss too? In that category, I don't know. It seems like that seems like a positive one. I guess. I guess maybe what they're saying is like the good quality is that you are hard to get angered. But the bad quality is that you're hard to appease. Oh my gosh. I don't I don't understand the loss mm. and gain part. But I guess more than anything, I just wanted to bring this up as an interesting rumination on anger and as a inspiration to ruminate on how Nadia's anger, how does she handle her anger? I mean, she... I don't know, but sometimes, like, when the right person says the right thing to her, she is pretty appeased by that. Part of where I was going with this is she brings her anger to three different people. She feels like a very classic storytelling structure. She brings her anger to Maxine, Lizzie, and Ruth. And to Maxine, Maxine and she have a fight and it just explodes. Lizzie is like, yeah, man, like, whatever. It's fine. Maybe you are crazy. We're all crazy. It's fine. Yep. And then Ruth is like really solves the problem or tries to solve the problem. Trying to think about like how Nadia responds to each of those people. Like what does that tell us about her anger? I want to give her some credit. Like I feel like this is a situation where it's maybe justified to be angry in. You're like on the edge of human experience, experiencing like a insane time loop. I'd be a little bit angry. I feel like Maxine is like the number one scenario person. And then Lizzie is number two. Mm -hmm. Yes, Maxine is so flip-floppy. But let's bring in another classic text. And this one is one that you have brought (gasps) to the pot before. Yeah, yeah. But it felt also relevant. Amar Rabbi Eliezer on Erovin 65b. Bishlosha devarim adam nikar. Bechoso uvchiso uvchaso. Huamri le af beshacho. Rabbi Eliezer said there's three things by which you can know a person's character. His cup, his pocket, and his anger. And some say also his laughter. Um, You brought this one. I don't remember if it was patron or regular episode, but we talked about this one before. And this one also felt very relevant because we're experiencing most of these things, most of these dimensions of Nadia already. Definitely the anger, right, has been a big theme of this episode. Yep. And the cup very big theme of the whole show right nadia's relationship to substance and drinking is like a big part of the character's development was that our takeaway when i brought this circuit that that's what they were referring to when they said cup i think so what was the second thing uh his cup his pocket and his anger and possibly his laughter so his pocket how he handles his money which Um... i guess you could make a case that the code meeting at the beginning of the episode is the closest we've gotten to that so far. I think there's some implication that like she came up from a fucked up background, but then she she somehow got her shit together and is now making it in New York. Right. And is spending the time when she isn't like being a successful coder, just being a debaucherous person. Right. Being as fucked up as possible. Yeah, exactly. To me, it seems like she does not identify with the work at all. No. 
She no. is just like, I'm here. Don't try to draw me into your tech bullshit. I will produce the code for you. But if you ask an iota more of me, I'm out. Yeah, but also she does kind of like fit the like one of the archetypes of modern society. She is a rise and grinder. She's a grinder Mm -hmm. and she's out for herself at this point. Yeah, she's in it for herself. Yeah. As for the fourth possible category through her laughter. I mean, I think she has displayed a very Jewish sense of humor through a lot of gallows humor oh, yeah. throughout the whole show there's this classic gif that is on tumblr a lot of nadia saying something she says in this episode which is thursday what a concept that's just iconic i don't know it feels very true the talmud is saying you can know something about a person from their laughter and i feel like that gif like tells us something about ourselves and about nadia it like tells you everything you need to know about the show and about yourself and the world just by laughing at it. It's like that this is fine dog sitting in the room full of fire just encapsulates something really fundamental about our existence. I think there is something about this show that feels very uh, generationally on point. Yes. Though I haven't lived the Nadia experience, I feel in some sense I've lived the Nadia experience. Yeah, yeah. She has a bunch of character traits slash flaws that... Mm-hmm. At various times, as I've grown up and gone through the institutionalized schooling world, all of those flaws or traits have been upheld. Rewarded. Rewarded or actively said to be good, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Let me bring one last final piece, just a super short thing of text, which we've also talked about before. A lot of of reruns on today's episode, but it's because they're relevant. It's the summer. From Brachot 5B. The Gemara said, a prisoner cannot usually free themselves from prison, which we can definitely argue about. And there's much to be said for the fact that revolutions are often led by the people most oppressed by the material conditions, obviously. But the point stands that it's not a solitary activity. No, you need the blood of our Savior, Lord, and Christ <laughs> to wash away your sins. You can't do it alone. Lord of our Lord and Savior, Duck Ramen. Yeah, it just felt relevant for this episode because a lot of it is about Nadia figuring out the right person to go to for help. And it's kind of interesting how she, I mean, she spends the whole first episode basically not asking for help. And then it's almost like she slowly escalates her asks for help. She's like, okay, I'm going to investigate this myself with war dog and the joints and that doesn't work so i'm gonna go to my most whatever friend that doesn't work i'm gonna go to my next level of friend and then she's like okay i'm gonna go to the nuclear option i'm gonna go to the person who's my mom basically yeah but it's a true fact and it's interesting to sort of think about how important it is to bring the right problem to the right people because there have definitely been people in my life in the past who i shared my problems with them and they were like giving me a vibe that really just exacerbated the problem. You know, like there's people in your life you share relationship problems with and they're like, yeah, dump him. And it's like, that's not, I don't need, I hear you. And also I need to just like talk about my problems right now, not like receive a Tumblr post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like my mom. My mom is a Tumblr poster for sure. (laughs) Really? That's not, I never would have associated that with her. Well, you know, like a autistic russian style poster (laughs) oh yes that classic style of tumblr post her solution to any like emotional problem i could bring her is like have you considered going back to school and becoming biologist (laughs) 
have you though it's been pavloved into my brain that that's the thing you need to <laughs> right. think of. every time you have a problem now you think maybe i should take up biology if only if only i had chosen biology like my mother told me oh all right that's all that's all for today there's no grand point which is a big theme with this show. There's nothing to get. It's just a collection of things that I believe are very true to life, despite being very fantastical. And that's what's wonderful about it. Fantasy is truer than reality. Thank you all for tuning in for another week of nonsense. We hope it has proven to be a balm in trying times. And we will continue to bring you the wackiest shit we can come up with week after week. That's right. That's right. I hope we're still podcasting along into the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This yeah. is Rava de Cordova signing off. Shavuot everyone. Shavuot tov.